Welcome to Engagement Matters, the podcast for business professionals who want to effectively engage with stakeholders and increase the productivity of their teams. Brought to you by JHW Corporate Training. For more resources and to subscribe to the show, visit jhw.com.au. Hello and welcome to the Engagement Matters podcast. This is episode 12. My name's Christina Cantors and I'm joined today by Ralph Muir-Morris, who is the lead facilitator at JHW. John's taking a bit of a break, so we've got Ralph with us, which I'm really excited about. Now, if you listened to the last episode, we talked about the personality compass and we gave an overview as to why it's important that you can communicate with different people of different personality types. Now, I recommend you go back and listen to that if you haven't yet, but still, this episode still stands on its own. But that last episode will give you a really good overview. In today's episode, we're going to be discussing one of the quadrant types, and we're calling it power and control. And Ralph's going to give us a detailed look at how we can communicate better with them, what results we'll get from it, and how it's going to help you to engage better overall with these types of people. Welcome, Ralph. Thank you, Christina. (laughs) Tell us firstly, what's the deal with power and control? Okay, well, these are what we would call the uh, just do it. I was looking at my water bottle before, and thanks to Nike, the, the swish is really what they're all about. It's about make it happen, shake it up, get it done. And so power and control people are the classic project manager. They like to do things on time, on budget, and to spec. It's a way of thinking. It's a way of being. They organize their life to achieve things. They want outcomes. They want timeliness. And so whether they're at home or at work, it doesn't really matter. They get a lot done in a lot of different places. And uh, so organizations love them. They're people who deliver, people who achieve. And you'll find them in uh, lots of different positions, uh, but normally in charge, be it at the entry-level team leader through to the CEO. Mm. How can we spot one? What do they look like? Well, the whole visage is around efficiency. So nothing is excessive with power and control. They look sharp, they look professional, but they're never overdone. So you won't see lots of bling and lots of uh, lots of colour splashed around. They they come to work to get a job done. They look the part, they look like they know what they're doing, and they look efficient. So if they make eye contact, they hold eye contact. If they are busy and want to move on, they'll ignore you entirely. They don't see it as a, uh, a slight, they've just got things to do. What about the way they speak? Efficiency comes into it again. Less is is more. Okay. So they use so no fluff. As little language as I can possibly get away with. And uh, I find it's the challenge I give myself to speak as few words as possible when I'm addressing a parent control. Can you give an example of that? So if, if they've asked you, hey, can you give us the status of that project, what would you say? No exceptions to report. Deadline will be met. May require additional funds. And what would you not say? anything else (laughs) my job is to get them to ask me something you see they're very good decision makers so um, I try to be as minimalist as possible because they don't like wasted words they also don't want to talk about things they don't need to talk about so they will only ask me about the exceptions if everything's going to plan that's fine they don't need to hear about that they They can move on oh everything's great great job none of that (laughs) no waste of time waste of words and I can imagine they don't like making small talk on Monday morning over the water cooler either. 
No. <laughs> well, they'll make small talk like everybody else will, but not until they've got everything ticked off. Mm. So they've got things to do, things to achieve, and when they've achieved those, they'll spend a minute or two chit-chatting, but it's not high priority. They really want to make sure that everything's on time and according to plan. Mm. Uh, the biggest thing they need is to know that it's going to be delivered when we promised. It's all about the delivery date. Um, as random as some of us might seem, if they've promised Friday, something will be delivered on Friday. That's the way they work. Mm. Yeah. So tell me, Ralph, why is it important that we learn to communicate well with a power and control? Well, in the business setting, um, up probably 70 to 80% of them are decision makers. So uh, they tend to come up the ranks because of that serious business-minded, getting-things-done approach, and organisations love the delivery. They do run into some trouble, but if they can manage themselves, they'll get quite a fair way up into the organisational structure. What I say to people who are not power and control is that the majority of your decision-makers will be power and control, and this is a language that you need to pick up on. Mm. Otherwise, you're going to you know, butt heads with people who will make your life better or worse. Mm. So what typically makes a power and control angry? Inefficiency uh, and not being kept in the loop. You see, they want to be able to get things done and fix things. They're very good at repairing things. They're very good at getting things back on track. But if you're a bit nervous about telling me the project's off course and you don't, when I suddenly realise it's not going to work, then I'm likely to be very annoyed that you didn't give me the chance to fix it. So that makes me really grumpy. If you promise me something, I expect you to deliver it. If it's not going to be delivered, I expect to get plenty of notice ahead of time that it's not going to happen. And then I can make a decision about whether I put more time, more money, etc. into it to make it happen. Take control away from me and I get very grumpy. Something that I've learned about power and control as well is that because they are so results focused, if you tell them bad news about something, it's not going to hurt their feelings or if you or if you haven't finished a task or done a good job it's not they're not going to get like they're, they're not going to get their feelings hurt they'll just be more annoyed about the actual end result and the the deadline not being missed or, or whatever which is why some people might not want to tell them something because they're afraid of their feelings when for them it's really not an issue as a parent control we come to work to get resources uh into shape. So everything's a Gantt chart. Everything's moving things from one spot to another. None of it's personal. It's just business. And you'll hear them say that. It's not personal, Christina. It's just work. So they don't get wedded to an idea either. So if you come up with a better idea, they're happy to move down the path with that. There's no emotionally bound up in things. It's just what's the most efficient? If that's more efficient, that's what we'll do. Very pragmatic about that. They do the work they finish the work, they go home and they have their emotional relationship world outside work. So they don't tend to cross over, they don't drag friends from the workplace into their social life terribly much. And you can work with power and control and not know anything about them because their mission at work is to get it done, get mm. it finished and move on. They compartmentalise in that way. Absolutely. And they've got the home compartment to deal with, they've got the community compartment to deal with, they've got perhaps religious uh, compartment to deal with. There's a whole range of things that they want to do and achieve and all of them have to be managed well. So they get a hell of a lot done 
and they don't like people stopping them progressing. Mm. So obviously with power control traits, there's a lot of advantages to having them in that the work gets done, they're great leaders, they you know good at rallying people together and make, getting them to do stuff. What are the challenges that they face? Okay, well, I'd probably argue the semantics about whether they're leaders or managers. Yes, I think managers organise tasks. I think leaders inspire people. A power and control are very good at organising tasks, organising resources, removing roadblocks, you know, kicking a few heads when needed, pushing their way forward. The bit that they don't have is the relationship bit. And if a power and control is going to fall at the, at the last hurdle, it'll be about damaging relationships and not spending enough time building networks. So um, it is about what you know. It's also about who you know. And if you aren't seen as a team player, if you aren't seen as somebody that can work with others, if you're seen to be wanting to take charge of everything, that will eventually get the better of you. So power and control need, like all of us need to learn different skills. They need to learn that relationships matter and investing time in relationships is as important as investing time in your area of expertise. Mm. Can you share with us some tips as to how we can communicate with a power and control person if we are not from that quadrant? Mm. Well, if we're relationship focused, we have to drop the niceties at the start. doesn't mean we have to give them up, but we have to... We have to stop coming in going, oh, hello, how are you? Oh, you look wonderful. All of this is a waste of energy because they're really <laughs> wondering what the hell are you there for? What do you need? What What's do you the need? Question? What's going on? Get out. When, how, <laughs> by? So it's really about coming in and, and doing the summary. If you look at project plans, they have an executive summary. The reason that executive summary is at the start is that that's what power and control look at. Okay, high level, what's going on, what needs fixing, what next? And if we can be that efficient in the way we communicate, three or four bullet points is normally enough. If they want to know, they'll ask. For me as a subject matter expert, I want to be very thorough. Well, that's just annoying. Too many details. Way too much detail about stuff they're not interested in. They just want exception reporting and they want to know it's on track. So short, sharp bullet points if you can. That for me is a a guideline to, to working well with power and control. What about when you're presenting to them? For example, if you if your CEO or the, the exec board is, if they're all power and control, how do you go about presenting to them in a way that will keep them engaged? Well, an example I use is one I had to do a, about a year ago and it was really around having very few words. I had a one word on the front page or the first slide, if you like. The second slide had three words and the third slide had some money. And that's what I talked to. I didn't bother with pictures. I didn't bother with extraneous information. You know, we're going to do this, we're going to do this, and we're going to do this. And it's going to cost this much. Mm. And I just waited. Because the question they need answered is the one I should answer, not the question I think they want to hear about. And it's always fun when I get a question from power and control because often I don't. They just go, okay, fine. And you know you're done and you know it's time to move on. Uh, you can overcook it if you kind of think, oh, that can't be enough. I really should say a few more words. Nah. <laughs> you need to stop. So a lot of people, do they start to get frazzled and stressed out and think, oh, I need to talk more because they're not saying anything? Yes. That's dangerous. Yes. Okay. The, the lovely thing about parent control is they're so straightforward. There's no agenda. There's no emotional attachment. They're not trying to be tricky. It, it, there's no sign of Machiavelli anywhere in here. It's just, I like this. I don't like that. 
And that is all that it means. There is nothing, there's no subtext, there's nothing to be got out from underneath. They're not trying to hide anything. If you ask them a direct question, they'll give you a direct answer. And if they can't, for confidentiality reasons, they'll say, I'm unable to because it's confidential. But they're really easy to deal with. Once you get a a yes from them, everything moves forward Mm. and straight away. So there's no wondering, there's no, I'll have to chase them up. Never happens. Before you can blink, the email's gone out to tell everybody what's happening next. So in that sense, they're great to deal with because it's clear. Mm. I think for me, coming from the relationship side of the quadrant, there's a tendency for me to then feel like there's something wrong with me or I've done something wrong if there's a very curt answer or or no answer or whatever. And this is something that I've had to learn and be like, okay, don't take it personally. It's nothing to do with you. It's just about the results. And learning that has made a really a big difference in, in the way that I communicate and just feeling better about what I'm doing. Yeah, it, it is hard and it's half the world you're talking about. The vision of visibility and the friendship and collaboration feel that there should be a relationship in there. Power and control, SMEs, don't feel that way. So they have no need to have friends at work. They're here to do a job. They may or may not like you. It doesn't really come into the equation. So the chit-chat is really stopping them getting to what they want. Uh, they're anxious about the thing being completed. And if you do anything other than tell them the thing's about to be completed, you just make them more anxious And then they'll get grumpy. And there's a reason for that. You've got in the way of them moving forward. Conversely, I've spent time with Power and Control where we've talked about the work. We've signed off on that. They're about to leave. I'm about to leave. And I've said, hey, aren't you a bit of an AFL tragic? And for another half hour, we've talked about the football. So Power and Control can chit-chat like anybody else once they're comfortable, the work's under control. Once the the business stuff has been taken care of, yep. then we can talk footy. Yep. <laughs> Indeed, or whatever you like. Soccer, rugby, doesn't matter. But there's this kind of, oh, God, you know, he's, he's, he's so grumpy, I need to run away. It's never true. Um, and, in fact, a lot of people lose the opportunity to build a relationship because they've done the good work, they've made sure the business stuff is under control, they've satisfied the need for that male or female executive, Um, they've calmed down, they will spend a couple of minutes chit-chatting. It mightn't be hours, but those four or five minutes could be the difference in your relationship with them. Now, the the people from Friendship and Collaboration, from what I've learned from you, have the hardest time communicating with a power and control because they're the complete opposite sides of the quadrant. So if there is someone from Friendship and Collaboration listening and they're thinking, yeah, it's all well and good for you to tell me how to how to do this, but I just get so frazzled when they're just staring at me and I can't help it, but I stress out and then I start to mumble. What what can they start to do to, to simply feel less stressed when talking to someone who is very power and control? I think it helps to realise that these people need help with their anxiety and their anxiety is about achieving outcomes. And it's not the first priority for friendship and collaboration, but for power and control, they're just an anxious person that needs the help of the friendship and collaboration. And the question that is always burning in the mind of power and control is, why am I paying you? What value can you bring to me and the organisation? And they need to hear that and they need to be reinforced about that. So Christina needs to say, I'm doing really useful work and this is the outcome because it's very much outcome focused. I achieved this last year. We're on track to achieve that and more this year. So it's really about that. It's okay. The business is safe. 
and the business being safe means everybody in the business is safe. But I need to articulate that to parent control because they're the keeper of the business being safe. And they get anxious about it. So friendship and collaboration are normally very good at managing people. But you do have to, in all these in interactions, stop worrying about yourself for a bit because mm. it's not the point. <laughs> you're trying to deal with the person in front of you and you're not going to do both at the same time effectively. Yeah, I, I like what you said there that it's important to understand that the other person has their own anxieties which will often be different to your anxieties, but if you can understand them and then talk to them, talk to those anxieties and try and help out, then you'll be in the best possible place to have better engagement with them. Absolutely. Um, being old and being a parent often helps because you can you can reflect back on the needs of the child and, and as they grow up. Well, we, we kind of keep those needs. We just get a bit bigger and a bit older and a bit greyer. But those needs don't go away. And so if we're anxious about delivering and being seen to deliver and get that outcome and, you know, achieve that milestone, well, that doesn't go away. And we can modify a little bit as we get older, but those primary drives are always there. But once you get your head around that, it's like, oh, okay, he's going to want to know about that. That's fine. She's going to want to know about that. That's fine. I can deal with that. Fantastic. Mm. Thanks so much, Ralph. That was really, really interesting to learn more about that. Now, we will be talking more about the, the other quadrants in upcoming episodes, so make sure you tune in for those as well. Thank you, Ralph. Pleasure, Christine. Thank you for listening to Engagement Matters, the podcast brought to you by JHW Corporate Training. To download free resources or to join one of our public engagement skills workshops, visit jhw.com.au.